back to another episode of One Shot, One Quill, a podcast where we uh, produce tabletop one-shots uh, by us, for you, free of charge. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by Ben, my brilliant, able-bodied co-host. I, I just, I feel like... It's weird that you specify they're free of charge. It almost seems like you are setting up individual possibilities that we are going to charge for some of these. For now, they are free, listener. We do have a guest this week. We have a guest who has contributed quite a bit to the show already, um, but has not been here in voice. Brittany, would you like to make your uh, make your formal introduction? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I have, I guess, DM'd a couple homebrew D&D sessions. Um, I've been a player for many years. I'm a writer, I'm an artist, and I'm just here for a good time. Would you say you're someone who has more ideas than opportunities to execute them? You could say I have contributed almost every idea to this show so far. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Brittany has written every single premise we've used for the game so far. Now, we also have some new user-suggested content to add to the list. A I'm excited bit. to see if we could pull some of that up. Hey, It's hey, from um, my side account. It's also mine. For, for the record, if if you guys don't start sending us things, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hire one of the people down on the street. And trust me, you're not gonna like the show at that point. They, yeah, they do not have good ideas. Your party has to find out where to buy oxytocin. <laughs> Speaking of, can I suggest that idea? <laughs> That's just the streets of where I live. It's a beautiful city, I promise. Speaking of, this podcast is a show in which we take one user-suggested prompt for a D&D campaign or any tabletop RPG, uh, along with two items that are interesting in some way, throw them together, make a one-shot out of them, and at the end of the day, we just hope that you end up with something that either you can use or you can't. So Ben, could you provide me, to begin with, we need a premise. So uh, uh, we have four options to choose from at the moment. Go ahead and uh I bet they're all great a, ideas. Rattle off a D4. Uh, looks like we got a two. A two. All right. Treasure hunters have been searching for a magical item for centuries, yet... Each adventuring group is filled with the sudden desire to rehide the magic item again before they immediately die. Oh, that's a good idea. Interesting. And you know what's nice about that is that it allows us to just throw the magic items in there. <laughs> it does. This premise really has taken a lot of the weight off our shoulders and put it instead onto one of the items we're picking from this week. So, Ben, could you shoot a uh, shoot a number out of one out of 52? Oh, 52. Get out your D52. Yeah, my D52. I'll get it out of my custom dice where I have one through 50 all custom made. Uh, 45 <laughs> is what I rolled. 45. A cloud buster, which can artificially make the weather within a certain range become stormy. Oh, that's kind of cute. It's also kind of traumatizing because the cloud buster was also a device from a cock and bull about a, a man who also invented the sex box. <laughs> that's kind of cute. And harvested people's fuck hey, energy. Hey. So That's real cute. Spencer, guests can cross promote. I will not tolerate cross promotion from you. Ooh, this was all just a big cross promo gambit, though. This is going to be a deal breaker. <laughs> I couldn't wait to weasel in a Blunder Phonics episode. <laughs> I feel like unless we get a particularly unusable one for our second roll, that could just be the magic item that makes them want to die. Yeah. Second item is going to be a 24, by the way. A 24 is a lone red door in a field. Any who cross through it must make an arcana check. Though crossing through it does nothing. There is no successful roll. 
They don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I so like that. Th- this so is just g- gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, we have a gaslighting element that will take up easily two hours of your session. <laughs> I love the implication here that they're just running around trying to hide a very red door. Just probably strapped oh, the to their back the with that some they have rope. To hide. We're not gonna. Yeah. They've, they've just got the storm buster, and yeah. they're like, "We gotta hide this door because we don't know." <laughs> oh, that's perfect. We we can. One of them walks through it initially, and they're like, "Guys, we gotta get rid of this." <laughs> they're like, "What happened?" And the person just on the other side is just like, "That's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet." <laughs> I, I actually vaguely like the implication that this this doorway ends up in a in a very innocuous and remote setting. So it says hidden. They're compelled to hide it. Um, normally, when we think hiding an item, I don't know about you guys, but I imagine under the couch cushions in a like little concealed area. But the idea of hiding it in that it's so remote that it's in a landscape no one would ever see is kind of like hauntingly surreal to me. Here's a potential solution. They pass a couple of checks, they build a building, and on the side, they write, uh, bad smells, don't go in. You're a newlywed couple. You've bought your first house. You know, it's your honeymoon, you walk through the door, and suddenly you just get the urge to, you know, break apart your house and go rehide this door. (laughs) (laughs) And then immediately die afterwards. So, like, when it says immediately die afterwards, compounding... The surreal horror vibe in my head here. <laughs> we, we've we traveled into the depths of the unknown, like these stormy, storm-raging fjordlands or whatever. Just like an inhospitable terrain. Been traveling for a week. There's a red door, and there's a fucking skeleton next to it? Like, <laughs> of the last guy who put it down? Like, <laughs> how immediate is immediate? <laughs> I don't think it's... I don't think it's like he puts it down and then he's like, all right, time to off myself. It says they immediately die. And this is gospel. I think that's what adds to, you know, just the surreal horror of the door. Like you walk through it, nothing happens. But clearly something happened because, you know, there's just a skeleton laying next to it. You, You know what I like about this is that it's something that we've not gotten on this show yet, which is that someone has to die. Is this a curse? I think be. dying's a pretty big curse. I don't know. <laughs> I don't mean mortality. <laughs> but And I don't mean this show, but are we coming to a conclusion here that this door is cursed? Yeah, the door is cursed. And you will and feel s- compelled to hide it. And then once <laughs> once you feel in your heart of hearts that you have hidden this door, you immediately die. What is the obstacle here? I feel like a good outline for this one shot could be you know, you stumble across this door in the very, you know, early parts of the campaign and you have no idea what this door does. You just feel compelled to, you know, carry it with you. And so maybe, you know, the party is seeking out like wizards or people with experience with arcane to, you know, figure out what's going on here or, you know, going around to local towns and being like, hey, have you ever seen this door before? I like the idea of someone mentioning like the oldest person in the village being like, yeah, I remember that door. Someone came through and asked the same goddamn question. <laughs> We're building a really scary game. <laughs> um, and the implication there that those two parties were not very creative and probably hit it in like the same field. <laughs> um, but also, would the party know that the person's going to die when they hide it? Or would yeah, it be, you know, I don't just think a they very would. I think it would just be scary reveal? Like, 
an ominous you'd, feeling. You'd have to infer it because I think you would there. Would, if someone thoroughly searches the area where the door is left, I think you're going to find remains. And I think it's been so long since this thing was left. Like this thing's been here for like 400 years, maybe. I'm saying if you roll a decent search of the of the area around the door, you'll find maybe some bones peeking out of the moss or something in the ground. Now, would a player's first assumption be that it is the door that killed that player or that, you know, there's some wild animal or, you know, enemy nearby that did it to, I don't know, protect this door or Probably. something? Yeah. Probably. And maybe Which there is. Which is a fair assumption. Maybe there's a big snake. Ben's not wrong. There might be a big <laughs> snake There could anywhere. be a big snake. And maybe that big snake is the wielder well, of the cloud Br- buster. <laughs> Brittany said it was a field. And if uh-huh. I know anything about living in the Midwest, it's that when you go out in fields, especially with wild grass, big snakes. That yeah. is true. That's a fact. Lived, lived in the Midwest me whole life. And I don't go in fields. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow. So we've definitely cemented we're going for a, a surreal horror approach. Ben's got a good question here. What is the beginning, middle, and end here? Is the door... Brittany, you suggested the door is what starts the adventure. Yeah. What circumstance has led the players to find this place to begin with? This is supposed to be a remote area that it was never going to be found in. Personally, I like the idea that they're sent here to bring this door back. But maybe it's like some wizard who's like, I've detected a powerful magical presence here. Bring me the thing back. Bring me whatever's there back, just like in the beginning of Thor, probably. I never actually saw that movie. But I did see <laughs> Iron Man, and out. I saw the after credit scene of Iron Man 2. <laughs> uh, it's basically and the same thing. I just assumed that it opens with everyone like, we noticed there was a big hammer here that made a big hole. What's that all about? No, I kind of had the idea of like, maybe the last group that was hiding this door recently went missing. Their significant other hasn't come back in a long time. They're starting to get worried. And maybe they send, you know, the party out searching for, you know, this person. And maybe, you know, they send like a, like a ranger or somebody who's really good at, you know, tracking smells or footprints to this location. And then if we, you know, don't like the idea of maybe one of the players walking through the door and dying, like maybe it's, you know, our BFF ranger man who does it. I like that. I also like the idea that the whole group that was with the last door carrier went missing because nothing says hide it better than making sure there's no witnesses also. So when they put the door down, it turned into a, a... a 1v3, and they, they killed the rest of their party and then killed themselves. That's spicy. So you've well, got they like didn't a. Kill a themselves. They immediately died. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, that's spooky. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, leads to the resolution of if the ranger, you know, is the one to walk through the door. Like he's the final boss fight. Once he, once he decides this place is, once he decides this is the right place, then he turns around and kills you guys. You know, he says, you know, nobody no. can find it again. And so the the guide, the dr- ranger, the druid, whoever it is that's kind of escorted the players to this point, that NPC is carrying the door back. Mm. Uh, and I think it'd be a very interesting twist to have your players roll, say, survival um, along the way back to realize that though it it's hard to tell at first, the ranger is not leading you back the way you came. Mm. He's taking a detour. But also, I kind of like the idea of maybe the ranger, you know, initially taking you back to the hometown so you can find out more information about the store, report back to the family about what it is you found, um, and, you know, kind of add more oomph to the campaign in that sense before, you know, maybe the ranger has a suggestion about going somewhere else. And that's when he starts, you know, 
try and lead the players astray. Like the longer he has this door, the more that madness starts to set in. And maybe he eventually starts, you know, trying to lose the party. Um, and so the party has to, you know, keep rolling survival checks, you know, keep up with him as he's like jumping through trees and running over shrubs and things to, you I like know, that. get yeah, them I, lost in a sense. I like the idea like that, that he's, you know, leading them down, uh, or leading them into the haunted bog where from uh, Princess Bride, where there are giant rats and exploding geysers all the time. And he's just walking through not paying attention, but also not telling him, you know, hey, watch your step there or you'll fall into some sulfuric acid. Mm. I, I think that if we are going with a ranger, the end chase has to be through some sort of haunted forest that's like yeah. amplifying yeah. the effects of the madness of the door. Because we've clearly got a theme going. I think Spooky Bog fits it to mm. a T um, or like a haunted wood or some something or just that a just normal swamp. <laughs> I think normal swamps are pretty spooky myself. Well, to us Midwest boys, if there's anything scarier than a snake in a field, it's it's a mucky swamp. <laughs> it's just, and if that swamp has a, a snake swamp. in it, don't even talk to me. Ugh. Ugh. And maybe like the madness that's set into this door as time goes on, like it starts to, you know, kind of seep out and like reshape the wilds. Like, you know, while that bog, you know, was normal before, maybe it's, you know, twisted by that madness and there's creatures there now that you may not typically find in a bog. Sure. Um, like the trees shaped into, you know, just these frightening shapes and whatnot. I like the unsettling simplicity of the door as originally described, where like in the in the main prompt that it, it is just a regular old door that's in the middle of nowhere. But I also like the idea of it if you wanted to. It's really one of two different ways you can approach it, I guess, of it having a residual mutation of the world around it, that it's just seeping this chaos around it. And hey, that and you know what we can do since we have another magic item? The yeah, cloud the, boy. That, yeah, the, yeah, the cloud. You, you activate that, that can uh, dampen some of the effects of the door. So if this thing, very death straining, if this thing's kind of out in the rain, it's... Uh, uh, it's going to be hampered, hindered. Yeah, it's like a bit muted because of the sounds of the rain. Interesting. So it's got kind of an audio component to it that there's this subliminal noise to it that it's seeping to people around it. And that noise can't get through the sound of the rain. But then if it's raining, like the madness is going to seep into our groundwater and then people <laughs> are going to drink it. It's just downhill from there. <laughs> it's so just... I've studied immunology. She's dead <laughs> on. So is the... Uh, it's how cholera happened and it's how madness happens. <laughs> is the final, is there just like a final fight with the ranger or do you find him so. and he's already dead? I Ooh. kind of like both of those. Like maybe, you know, you do have that final boss fight, but in that instance, you know, he doesn't die. He escapes somehow. You think there's a second part to the campaign, but really the next time you find him, he's just dead. He's just planted that door and he's dead. I think this is a, Fucking spooky ooky campaign. Yeah, this is our first uh, horror one, which is not saying much considering we've done four, five episodes. <laughs> I think this is episode five. I'm kind of curious if we could come up with even just another one, maybe two uses for the cloud buster in this case, because um, we've really built a whole game around the door. Um, I'm curious if anything else comes to mind here. You, you, you get thirsty. That's that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Rain is a good source of water. Maybe it's the ranger, you know, that holds on to, you know, the cloud buster. Like, they got a thing with nature. 
Sure, they may have a thing that manipulates nature. Like maybe before they were using this to, you know, put out like forest fires or whatnot. Um, if, you know, there was an area that was experiencing drought, like the Dranger Ranger would just turn on his, you know, his cloud buster. But maybe he starts using it while he's being pursued to try and stop the other uh, players in their tracks. And mm. when he does that, you know, it accidentally, you know, kind of stifles some of the effects of that madness. Yeah, I like that yeah. being part of his toolkit. That's also pretty good. But also, you know, makes the environment a little bit slippery for players. So maybe, you know, they have to, you know, occasionally start doing dex checks to avoid from, you know, slipping in the mud. And if any of them have a slip and slide in their bag of holding, then it could just all turn into a big fun time. <laughs> it really could. <laughs> Things start to get wet and wild. A big wet world of fun. If any of them um, are wearing white t-shirts, I mean, then you got a t-shirt party <laughs> on your hands. That's a whole different one shot. <laughs> Brittany, the uh, guest traditionally gets first naming rights. So give Ugh. one. Give, give, give us one. Give one. <laughs> Do it. It's not a very funny name, but throughout this, I was thinking of in the game Fable, how there's these things called demon doors and you have to do like certain acts before them, you know, to get them to open and to get the magical item. So I've been thinking demon door. Okay. The door that eats people. Doesn't one of the demon doors want you to like lure someone and kill them? Yeah. In front of it? Oh man, that, mm. it, it does that game is deceptively dark door. in some corners. It's a good game. It does have Sometimes. a distinct demon door feel. I feel like demon door is going to get us sued by Fable as the thing. So what if we went for something legally distinct like demon souls? Ooh, <laughs> demon slayer. That's good. Oh, demon slayer. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, I can't now, think of any other demon now, things. <laughs> hear, hear me out on this one. I'm a failure. Uh, Dragon's dogma doors arisen. <laughs> it's no machine for pigs too. <laughs> it's not. And it's also not good. <laughs> The demon demon door has something I like about it. Three doors down. Um, what about knock knock? I hate that. <laughs> and the pros are like, who's there? And you're like, that's the game. <laughs> Who is there? Jokes on you. What about ding dong death? <laughs> death at your doorstep. Ooh. Thanks for joining us again on another episode of One Shot, One Quill. Uh, we come out every single Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes and other podcasting platforms. Rating and reviewing us is very helpful in these first few weeks. We sincerely appreciate those of you that have done it already. Ben. Yeah. Would you like to thank our theme? Yeah, our theme song is Ella Tavera del Guliere by Morgan the Bard. Uh, he's dead, but you should still go <laughs> listen to his music. I really I just, wish that I, wasn't the I new don't ending know, tradition. I don't know who gets paid for it. Uh, um, if you want to send us suggestions, uh, you can do so by finding us at D&D Pod on Twitter. Please do send us suggestions, though, because we are running out. Especially on the premise side of things. So if you have any short, concise premises for adventures, please do not hesitate to if, give those to us. If we don't get any more, then we're going to be canceled by my dad. Who is our sole <laughs> financier. Brittany, anything you want to promote while you're on? Um. I have an Instagram account where I, I draw things. I draw a lot of D&D related things. Draw a lot of vampires if that's up your alley. Uh, you can find me at Ocelot underscore art. And, uh, and Brittany, most importantly, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. yeah. Absolute pleasure to have you on. You have been a mass contributor to the show so far. And if you listen closely, sometimes you can hear my laughter in the background mm -hmm. of certain episodes. Only when it's good. People have always said that's the charm. The background laughter links to our other shows as always are in the description and we will catch you guys next week farewell good bye have a good one
See you later. Still need an outro. Brittany, you got a closing noise Bye. for us? Perfect. Thanks. <laughs>